this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I hope you will plan to join me this year at Converge 19. Converge is the great conference put on by Conversant, the sponsor of this podcast. And it's in its fourth year bringing together some of the world's leading companies for two days of dynamic speakers, thought-provoking breakout sessions, and opportunities to connect with like-minded professionals. You will leave the conference with new resources and best practices allowing you to continue the hard work of driving ethics to the center of your business. In this podcast, we visit with some of the upcoming speakers for Converge Media. Today, I'm working with Norm Hodney, the Director of Compliance Programs at Microsoft. We discuss his upcoming presentation at Converge 19, Bridging the Digital Divide. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back for another episode, and I have with me UB Simonetti. I know I butchered that. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> Joe Thurman, <laughs> and they're both with Breaking the Bias, uh, founders and facilitators at that organization, and they, of course, are speaking at Converge 19. Before we get into a little bit about their talk, I was wondering if each one of you guys could give us a little bit about your professional background and what led you to co-founding the organization you had now. Yeah, great. I, um, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so, uh, you know, thank you so much, Tom, for having us. We're really excited about Converge 19. Um, Joe and I met about almost 12 years ago now uh, as volunteers for the Colorado Technology Association. At that time, it was CSIA. Um, but we, we, I've personally been involved in a lot of different technology companies, different startups throughout those years. And all really culminating in us joining forces uh, about five years ago to launch a blog called Jobber Tech Talk that was really built for technology leaders to build a personal brand around their thought leadership and experience. And, and out of that came a lot of discussions with those same executives who wanted to do the same thing for their IT departments. And so Jobber Group was then born to help help companies, help departments within companies understand their authentic story, understand the, the personality and behaviors that equated to success for their employees, for their team members. And then how could we take all of that and go out and tell that story in such a way as to attract and engage the right people who fit that mindset? Um, and so we've been doing that for the last five years. And then this year, based on a lot of demand around um, training in the interview process. How do we get people to, you know, become more aware of their biases? How do we remove bias from the interview process? We started breaking the bias to address that and to give organizations a long-term strategy around becoming more aware of your bias and developing more curiosity, you know, within each of us to ultimately build a more inclusive workplace which then naturally, and you know, in our opinion, leads to diversity, and then it ultimately leads to you know a, the building of a better, greater company. Joe, basically, I grew up in in kind of the tech space, and then moved into the consulting world uh, around human capital and talent. Been doing that for about 15 years, uh, including kind of uh, the organizations that you be mentioned, and so working with companies from the Department of Energy to enterprise organizations to startups around how talent is leveraged to drive product, to drive innovation, to grow organizations. And um, 
yeah, ultimately saw that a lot of things that stop organizations from scaling, um, from building great products, from driving innovation, from building great cultures, is tied to um, our own biases, the way that we view others, the way that we view ourselves. And so uh, breaking the bias is really a, the, the name is, is focused around understanding that there is a, a mode and a method to being able to understand and break down uh, the biases that we have and kind of recode, rewire ourselves, and retrain ourselves to approach people, situations uh, differently in a more inclusive way, which ties to code of curiosity. Your uh, presentation is entitled The Code of Curiosity, Breaking the Bias. I was wondering if you could give us a maybe a teaser on the presentation that you both are going to make at Converge 19. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick off on that. I mean, it, the... The Code of Curiosity is really kind of an introduction to um, breaking the bias curriculum. And it's really focused on understanding that if we can begin from a place of, of curiosity and disarm a lot of the things that we, uh, the snap judgments that we make of individuals, the, the preconceived notions that we have of individuals, uh, then we can begin to uh, address situations, people, interviews, strategies, innovation from, from a level playing field. And so it's also something that we like to start from a place of uniting everyone in the room, understanding that we all have bias. We all have biases against certain things. And that starts to create an environment where people are willing to be more vulnerable. It's not a situation where one group is better than another or anything like that. It's a fact of understanding how we're wired. Um, for the last five years, we've been working with a lot of people in the psychology space, a lot of people in the neuroscience space. So starting with the science behind how our brains process information, everyone's brain processes information, and how we can begin to arm people to organize information differently, approach situations from a point of curiosity that then can drive to um, more meaningful engagements, more inclusive cultures, and things of that nature. So it's really an immersion um, workshop where we walk through kind of things just to help people experience and understand how their brain works. Ultimately, you know, where this applies to this particular conference and, and, you know, ethics and compliance is if we can help people start to become more aware of their own biases, take them through some exercises to experience that themselves, then we can get people to start to build habits about, around being more curious and if we can get people to ask more questions instead of making statements, instead of making snap judgments, then there are certain ethical, uh, ethical situations that I, you know, we can help people prevent themselves, right? If we can get them to take a moment before making a, a decision, ethical or, or, or not, um, or putting themselves in a situation where it's questionable what might happen, if we can get people to step back and just ask questions and, and become a little more clear about the decision that they're going to make, then, you know, the goal there obviously is to consciously make the right decision or the better decision. And we can then, you know, really start to help organizations avoid a lot of those ethical compliance issues that we, we've seen, you know, that have been rising up over the last few years. Does that extend really through the entire life cycle of the employment relationship from uh, pre-hire, uh, including uh, an entry questionnaire or, or you know a portal to to apply to to the 
the hiring interview to additional interviews uh, on site before hire, the uh, onboarding if a candidate's hired, employment reviews during the pendency of the year or during the, the, the during a year, all the way through uh, employment separation and or exit interview? I mean, yeah, it, it definitely does. I mean, it's the entire, and it's not just the, the um, engagement of the individuals in the talent acquisition side. You know, it's into... Uh, the building out of leadership teams, um, the the design of culture and how you nurture collaboration within an organization. Uh, it's all tied to how we are able to relate to other people. And we stack um, different types of content on top. So we start with code of curiosity, but then we move into um, code of empathy and code of conscious communication. And we walk through different ways that we can engage different groups and, and different people. Um, people talk about neurodiversity, People talk about people with disabilities, all these different things. And part of the reason that we do not have the ability to work with individuals at times is because we have not taken, uh, we haven't, we haven't taken an approach, or we haven't learned any strategic methods of how we can really align with someone that we don't understand. Someone who, as they would talk about in psychology, is in our out group. Then you cross over into an ethics issue, where now you get into EEOC issues and other things like that. Uh, equal employment, equal opportunity. And that's, again, crossing into what people would argue as ethical issues, but we need to start foundationally with uh, the, the science behind how we think and the psychology behind how we interact. And then that can drive and empower people to make what would be considered uh, more ethical decisions in how they engage with people, team members. I, uh, I maintain that effective ethics and compliance drives greater business efficiency at the end of the day, leading to greater profitability. It seems to me what you're saying is that by uh, having this code, by breaking the biases, you'll actually improve the workplace experience and actually improve efficiency, which also could lead to uh, not only a better work environment, but greater profitability. Would that be a fair statement? That's absolutely a fair statement. Yeah. And, you know, and, and honestly, it's, I think a lot of times how we deal with ethical and ethical issues, compliance issues, you know, a lot of these trainings that currently exist feel like a slap on the hand or feel like, you know, as an employee, if I'm going into these trainings, it's, um, it, I'm already in trouble. And that, that's not effective, right? That, that, that doesn't solve the problems. What does solve the problems is bringing everybody together on that level playing field, as Joe was talking about. We're all biased. We're all human. If we can start at that standpoint, then it's exactly what you're talking about. If people can see and value building a more inclusive workplace, and that, that, that automatically, I mean, there's research that shows this, that, that ties into profitability, that ties into success, that ties into happiness, that ties into so many things that do lead to exactly what you mentioned, Tom. And so it's absolutely our approach. Um, and why we deal, you know, work directly with leaders and organizations, because ultimately at the end of the day, it is a business strategy. How do you build a more successful company? Well, your number one asset is people. So let's help those people be better, be happier. Then they will stay longer. You won't spend as much money or you won't lose as much money because your retention is, is through the roof. Um, and, and you'll make better products which in turn leads to profitability because you're embracing the fact that your customer base is so diverse that you recognize that the people building products for them should be just as diverse. 
Uh, and the only way to create sort of that environment is for everybody to choose to create that more inclusive place where everyone feels involved from the top to the bottom and vice versa. Jill, if I could pick up on a point you raised that really intrigued me. Um, in addition to the talent acquisition and the life cycle of an employ- employment relationship that I asked you about, you also said these same strategies, tactics, and techniques can be used down to a, a much more a micro level around uh, leadership, around uh, leadership teams, around perhaps even project teams. Could you flesh that out a little bit for us? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we, we, we look at kind of our interactions. I mean, every, everyone looks at on the broader scale, um, the compliance and ethics issues around how we engage new employees, how we treat employees throughout their life cycle, how we deal with exit interviews and all those types of things. But um, back to your point of the business impact here, right? The business impact here is that we need high-performing teams, and we need teams that can effectively communicate, collaborate, challenge each other, and part of that, this is, this is a strategy of understanding that we can be biased against an idea, right? We can be biased against, obviously, where an idea was generated from, whom it was generated from, but it's not simply tied to um, our interaction with, from one person to the next. It can be tied to, uh, like, like I was saying, an idea, a product thought, a, anything like that. And so helping leadership teams understand that this is a method and a, and a way that we are basically following a process of changing the way that we think, understanding the way that our brain intakes information visually, how it's processed, how we categorize information, and all that stuff really arms leadership teams to be able to challenge themselves, challenge each other, to basically improve performance across the team, across their own organization. And it really starts to add this personal value to, I'm not, I'm not simply doing something from a social responsibility perspective. And to UB's point, dealing with ethics from a reactionary perspective is the wrong point. It's too late. What we need to do is help people understand the way that they are approaching business problems, approaching individuals that they lead, and helping them to be able to do that in a way that aligns and falls on the side of being more ethical consistently because they believe in it. They see the value and they see the, the way that it improves them as a leader is really what we look at as the closest thing to preventative measures that you can do um, in, in an ethics uh, and compliance position. Well, gentlemen, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting with Hubie Seminary, close enough, and Joe Thurman uh, about their talk, The Code of Curiosity, Breaking the Bias at Converge 19. Gentlemen, I look forward to uh, hearing your talk at Converge 19. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you plan to join me for Converge 19. It's going to be a great conference, probably one of the top conferences of this year, both in terms of educational sessions, breakout sessions, and individual moderated conversations. I know you will enjoy it. I have a few discount codes available for complimentary passes to Converge 19. So if you're interested, please email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can find out more information about the conference on the show notes that accompany this podcast.